I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. So it's Saturday morning. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Saturday matinee. Uh, we're here. The stars of the Next Real Family of Podcasts are here to shine for you. And tonight I have two of the brightest uh, in our in our constellation. I have Ocean. Good morning, everybody. And I have Mandy. Hello. Who I decided I will not call a troll today. Ouch. <laughs> I'm not going to. No, I'm saying I'm not. It haunts me. Okay. All right. I, I told we're, Pete we're offline, to I'm like, my mom wants to talk to you. <laughs> I can't. I am too sensitive a soul. As long as we can record that and put that on the show, yeah, I think that would be oh, fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Good. Good. So I once again am Kyle Olson. I'm here from the Marvel Movie Minute podcast. I'm uh, stepping into the big chair for a while while we had some uh, uh, some people moving around. So I kind of uh, got this job late. So I'm um, hoping that I can uh, pretend like I know what I'm doing. Uh, but with you two on by my side, I am sure we're going to have a fantastic time. You sure. can cheat uh, so, off of ocean. Yeah. Well. Oh yes. Well, so uh, first of all, I want to know uh, what have you guys been watching? Like in the last couple of weeks, what have you been? What have you seen? What have you? What have you been into? Well. Okay, so the two shows that I've been into the most right now are, um, you know, The Mandalorian because you know anything baby, anything oh, yes. Baby Yoda does, I must see, and then I'm watching <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, and so the oh. thing though, though that I've noticed last night, and this is what, uh, and this is apropos, not this isn't even really doing with the show. It's apropos something different. I've started noticing this that I like many people who have cut the cord. And so then there, I mm. utilize a lot of various streaming services. And so what I'm starting to notice now is that with like CBS Plus and then Showtime, Disney Plus, <laughs> uh, you know, so I mean, I'm going to ignore Netflix for a second because Netflix is ubiquitous. Um, but, you know, AMC Plus and all these other different streaming services that they're building, they're building content specific for those services, which is great. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm going to pay for what I want to see. And that's awesome. And I love that part. But what I started noticing is that that the interfaces of most of these streaming services suck, right? So if you go to CBS yes. Plus, for example, because that's what I'm watching Star Trek Discovery now. So when I go to CBS Plus, by and large, I'm watching Star Trek Discovery. And the interface doesn't even have the simple, like, hey, show me what you watched last, right? Or, you know, or, or save here your favorites, kind of like Netflix or like Hulu or something else like that. It's like I have to then, to find it there, I have to search through all of their content and then maybe I can hopefully find it somewhere buried, hidden somewhere, because it's not even where you'd expect it to be. So then what I end up doing is you end up going out to my Apple TV and going to the search <laughs> yeah. bar and then searching for the title, and then I go right to it, right? So, so that's, and I'm, I'm starting to notice that I'm doing that with more and more different of the shows, like with AMC+. Plus, I'm, I'm in it for Gangs of London. Great show, by the way, if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. But on AMC+, Plus, it's pretty much the only thing worth watching. So, so, but uh, still same deal. I can't go to the shows that I want to go to. I can't save them. I can't set up a format. So what I think is that a company like, I'm going to say Hulu. So Hulu has a great interface to it, you know, where you have, you can save your favorites. You can do all, you know, you can put your shows where you want to go and you can find things very easily inside of it. And I think a service like Hulu, because I know that all of the Hulu executives listen to the Saturday matinee. And so what they should do (laughs) is take this advice and they should build an API that allows the link to it. So then when I go to the, my Hulu interface, which I love, I can then see the AMC Plus show or the, you know, the CBS Plus show, whatever other show that I want to see, because I find that I'm wasting time now with, the, with these bad interfaces, searching around for, sh- for the, one, the, the one show that I want to see on it. Don't you think they're doing that so you, you're seeing their other content? That was my initial thought too, Mandy. And that's a great point. Those and let me, let me tell you bastards. why I think that that's not what's happening. Because, okay. they, because they're making the one show that I want to see hard to find. What you're thinking of is the Netflix model. Netflix are geniuses with this. They give you your list and those are the shows you want, but your list is always two or three clicks away from wherever you are. But you know that mm-hmm. it's two or three clicks away, so you'll eventually find it. But on the way, you'll see the other stuff. And then that... And that's how they get into that with the earth, everything. Now with CBS Plus or Showtime Plus or HBO Max or all this other stuff, right? Since I can never find the shows that I want to find, what I end up doing is I leave that app and I go to the Apple search, 
then I mm. search for the show I want, and that takes me directly to the show. So therefore, You're I sticking it to I the man. Bypassed all of your stupid. <laughs> You've fear. circumvented the right, yeah, right. I, but, I feel ya. But yeah. I like well, I mean, yeah. but yeah, but now I have to you know remember get the right title, you know, the spelling, and you know maybe you know say it into the microphone. It's it's an extra step of where it's like if you had a nice interface where everything was all right together, then I then I could have a much more enjoyable experience with your app. And then I would look at your other fair, like Netflix, because haven't we all spent an af- a Saturday afternoon watching some Netflix show that we had no intention of watching five minutes before we started watching it? <laughs> so, sure. We're spending half an hour going through all the other shows, trying to f- desperately find something Absolutely. to watch. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so anyway. I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you in your, in your, uh, your user interface. Uh, I think the worst has to be Amazon. Oh, Amazon yeah, Prime. Horrible. Have they changed that in like, in no, like since they launched? Has, I mean, it has all this like... They still have they still have seasons listed individually. Yeah. Like if I'm watching season one, I can't just go, yeah, show me season two. It's like you have to go yeah. out and go find season two and then go back in. Yeah. And they treat trailers like they're episodes. Yes. So I was watching The Boys uh, off of the recommendation here on the show. Uh, and every time I would finish an episode, it would go back to the trailer for season two. I was like, I, I'm watching season two. I, I don't need to go back and see the, like, Boys, show me the next episode. These are first world problems, am I right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, we're, we're paying, but we are paying for the exactly. service. So it's sure. not like a, it's like a free thing. You know, it's, it's, I mean, you can, you can rail against the library, but it's like, I'm paying yes. for, I'm paying, oh, don't you know, get me eight, started 15, on those sons of big <laughs> $15 a month, whatever. It's like, I know how much money Jeff Bezos has. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can pay better programmers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, yes, yes you can. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they, their the recommendations are bad on Amazon Prime as well. So, but at the end yeah, of the day, I, yeah. the Amazon Amazon Prime, unlike the other streaming services, I forgive a little bit more because really, I'm a member of that for the free shipping. You know, True. that's it's like True. I want the that's free shipping, and then I'm just going to get some content on top of that, and that's like the bonus. But yeah. like you know, for my CBS All Access or AMC Plus, I'm only there for the for the entertainment. So then they need to step up their interfaces. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just there for Star Trek, and then once that's gone, exactly. I'm gone too. Actually, they're they're being smart now in that I think as soon as Discovery ends, I believe Stephen King's The Stand starts. Okay, good. So good. it's like, so, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'll give you another right, month. Right. Yeah, then you know, I may sure. watch it. Right, because they were they were on my pile of streaming services that I cycled in and out of. We'd you know get them for the few yeah. months of your show, and oh, yeah. drop them, and then you just pick them back yep. up again when your show comes back on. Yeah, it's all. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like there's some stuff that I'd be curious to see, but they're not appointment television. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and this is how this. So, what about you, Mandy? What have what have you been uh, What have you been watching? Well, I feel like you just described my dating life in the <laughs> in my twenties and thirties. I'll pick you up, and then I'll drop you, and then I'll. Okay. Uh, uh, what am I watching? Um, I'm almost done with Grace and Frankie, which I'm loving. I had never mm. seen it, and last night we started The Queen's Gambit. Oh, I've heard a lot about that. Based on a recommendation from my father. Never a good thing. Oh, we just don't have the same tastes. And yes, you know he's a man who's like, you don't watch Jag. Jag is the greatest <laughs> show of all time. Yes. And uh, but the I first think, episode I think was my, I think, really I think good. Your dad and my dad would really yeah, get along. Yeah. No. And, and let's hook that. Yes. Yeah, also, sounds like my mother has similar <laughs> TV tastes. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time there's there's any conversation with people, I mean, obviously there hasn't been in the last year, but when we were, we were together and they start talking about shows, my dad would always bring up Longmire. Oh. 
every time we start talking about any television shows. Have you seen Longmire? And I'm like, man, like you have access to the greatest collection of television shows in history. Oh, Why are you on about Longmire? And, what, and like they did like six seasons, man. That was a good run. Like we only got 14 episodes of Firefly, but you got like. You got almost a hundred episodes of Longmire. Like you, ha- well, it had it's a lot run. to talk about. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. It's I guess 100%. so. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe there was a, a huge season yeah. finale that like you know that they, they never got resolved. Maybe there's a cliffhanger that he's dying to talk about. Exactly. Maybe that's his Doctor Who, where he's like, I have, I have passionate ideas about Longmire and what happens afterwards. Longmire, the next generation. <laughs> and what are you watching, Kyle? <laughs> Besides Longmire. <laughs> Uh, uh, Fargo, uh, and, uh, since uh, all the stuff's going on, I, since what's been happening in America over the last couple of months, I decided to look at the alternate universe version of this when it worked, and I've been watching The West Wing again for, like, the fifth time or yes. whatever. So I've gone back to the beginning and, and gone through again. So it's interesting to see it through 2020 eyes. Yes. You know, yeah. still one of my favorite shows, but it's, like, interesting because they're even, uh, one of the early episodes, they have a long thing where they talk about smallpox. Like, they're talking about nuclear war is not going to be the next thing. Smallpox is going to be the next thing. Someone's going right. to, you know, <laughs> drop a vial of it in Times Square and everybody's going to get sick and the whole country's going to be like, oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Aaron Sorkin, you didn't know how right yeah. you were. You're just a little bit off. We did American President uh, just oh, in the spirit of the. Oh. One of my favorites. Yes, that, yeah. that's yeah, the and, you, and you see, they, they pull a lot of even the same lines. Yeah. I think. Well, yes, they do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's both of them are Aaron, Aaron Sorkin, so they uh, one was that's drawn right. from the other. But uh, yeah, West Wing is one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, yeah, and the thing about it still holds up. It I have does. to explain to people: no, it's an alternate universe where the best and brightest go to serve and uh, and, and try and, and govern instead of you know who's the most popular. It's a it's a whole different idea. It is, and. It's almost science fiction. I, it, it, well, that's it's it's kind of always been, right? I mean, you know, that's yeah. you know, oh, we, we we're gonna we're gonna uh, wrap with whipsodic or you know, be romanticize how how, <laughs> how you know how things were. Then I mean, yes, things are way worse now, but you know, it was you know the movie. I think the West Wing worked back then because even then, in that time, we were still thinking, hey, wouldn't yeah. it be great if they were like this? Yeah, yeah, the the idealized exactly. version of like, wouldn't it be amazing if people just the the best yep. and brightest, and the smartest That's of right. us right. chose to go into public right. service? Wouldn't that be yes, amazing? Awesome. Right. And it was about ideas yeah. and about uh, you know who could implement right. them the best. Well, we all want the West Wing, <sighs> but we get beat. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, All right, so let's get into some news then. Uh, I think the biggest thing we have to talk about is Wonder Woman, uh, because Wonder Woman is actually, we're actually going to be able to see it. And then like a month. It's amazing. Wonder Woman 1984, they have announced that it's, this is something unprecedented. I don't think I've ever seen this before, where we've seen different ideas on like, uh, like with Trolls World Tour, like, okay, we're going to, you can buy it. You can rent it now at full price and see it. Or we've seen with Premiere Access, like, okay, we're going to, you can watch it now, but then it's going to eventually join it. But this is the first time we're seeing a simultaneous release. Yeah. So it's it's basically like, however you want to see Wonder Woman 84, here you go. Uh, and I, I thought it was very interesting. They, they, at the end of the trailer, there's kind of a shot across the bow because they, they say, in theaters on Christmas Day or on HBO Max at no additional cost. I was like, ooh, that's a shot right at Disney. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> 
But but I'm so excited because the movies we're finally going to get to see it, and we're going to get to see it however you want. If you have a place like the rest of the world who's got this together, and you can see it in a theater, great. If you're like us who can't seem to get things together, you can watch it on your phone. Please don't watch it on your phone, yeah. or you can watch it on your big television, which hopefully you have. That's what you used all the money you saved uh, for not paying for gas over the other quarantine. Uh, but what do you guys think? Are you excited? Uh, yes, I, I am very excited about it. I'm surprised by the uh, the simultaneous part of it. You know, I, I expected them to do something more along the lines of, you know, kind of like what AMC did, where you have them in theaters for a couple of weeks and then release it uh, on video on demand. So it's it's it, this right. is an interesting model. And I think that depending upon how they're able to figure out the economics of this, it could also lead in yet another way of how the, the movie industry could change how they release things. That if, if if they are able to make enough money with the combination of these two things, would they then start looking at other fare and doing that same thing, even when things go back to normal? I don't I don't think that they would. I think they'd want to keep it where it's in theaters for a bit and then maintain that experience and that revenue stream and then go to the second revenue stream. But um, yeah, but I'm very interested. In, I'm very interested in seeing, you know, in, in the end of January. So when they start reporting, you know, the numbers of this, whether or not it would you know, send the right message or send send a message to encourage other other films to do this. Right. Especially in the somebody time. had yeah. to do it. Yes. Somebody had yeah. to try yes. it. And right. this is a guaranteed crowd pleaser so i'm glad that they're trying it yeah. because yeah. this is the situation we're in and i feel like they're saying we're trying to get the entertainment to you i i appreciate that yes i yeah. i do as well. I, I, it'd be interesting to see what the numbers are like for their subscribers i mean that's really what it comes down to i mean if they're if hbo max is really in this fight uh to see if Everybody just gets on on uh, the 24th, a huge spike in numbers. And right. then on the 26th, a huge drop in numbers. Right. It'll be interesting to see if people stay the around for the other uh, stuff that's on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they get in for that and then well, they get uh, out. Yeah. Right, just no, I fast. think they're more hoping that everybody, there's a huge spike in December. And then come January, you forget that you signed up for the automatic renewals and then it renews. Right, right, right. And, then, you know, <laughs> and you keep telling yourself every month, oh, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to you know, cancel my subscription. You just never quite get around to it. So. I think that's sure, like sure. the model they're hoping for. It's like a gym membership that way. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I want to quit the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so speaking of the uh, streaming world is, is really where things are hot right now. Uh, so Netflix is seemingly going after talent as opposed to just going after individual shows because they seem to be uh, seeking out individual people. Them in. They got Shonda Rhimes has had just signed a huge deal with them. Uh, and now this week it was uh, David Fincher. Yes, yes, it was. David Venture, and they also have deals with uh, David, and I always pronounce his, mispronounce his name, Ben Wolf and D.B. Weiss that uh, created Game of Thrones. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, oh, so, right. they, you know, and they're, they're, and they're adding yeah. on, you know, a lot of things. I think that oh, this no, Benny is... Oh, no, Benioff. I'm sorry? Yeah. Benioff? Benioff? Is right? that yeah. the... Benioff? Okay. I believe that's right. I, I, yeah. I, I butcher it every time I say it, so... I will take your I will take your word for it. So Darn yes. those um, yeah, they um, and I think that the, what the Netflix is doing is really kind of a smart play for their end that they are starting to uh, they well not really starting to they think they're continuing the process of realizing that they are a content provider and that by locking up these creatives right it allows them to get uh, you know obviously you have more yeah locking them up it gives you more content that you can provide it also kind of I think it's interesting locking up the creative side because you usually hear about this with actors. Right. But, you know, one actor, you know, can can do a few things here and there. Right. But, you know, creators, they can 
write different shows, run multiple shows, put out different products, lock up various actors where then, you know, it could be this sneaky scenario of where all of a sudden, you know, there's a large swath of the, the, the acting population that is all doing shows for Netflix because they wanted to work with these creators. So I think it's a really smart move on Netflix's part to not only maintain relevance, but also maintain their really because they dominant position in the, in the streaming wars as, as they are now. It's going back to the old studio system in a way. Yeah, it really is. And, I was thinking um, that too. But it does feel like that's the natural progression of where things are going. Yeah, Netflix yeah. has got the money and the, you know, the, the eyes on their projects. And who wouldn't want to know, I'm here for the next four years and I have, you know, autonomy or agency over my own work and I get to do what I want. That's what Netflix offers. And the metric isn't in... Uh, box office mm-hmm. so it's not about like how like your opening weekend and and the long tail and any of that stuff or it's advertisers just like, or any of that right yeah it's eyeballs it's just mm-hmm. pure eyeballs i'm curious to know like so martin scorsese does the irishman and you know it puts out and then oscars and 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 everybody talking about it and here we are we're still talking about it does he get to know the numbers I mean, Netflix is so cagey no about like what to is. Know the numbers, right? Is it only Ted? Only Ted gets to see the numbers. Nobody else gets to, to know. I mean, I was I'm curious. Like on these deals, do they get to know if their show is hitting or not? And and also for these people who are making television shows like Shonda Rhimes, are they going to suffer from the second season problem? Because Netflix doesn't like continuing shows. It likes new shows. So once you get to that second season, they start going like price is going up. You're not really pulling in more people. You got to go. Well, I think that's going to depend on the shows. You know, they did, let's see, what their first show was the House of Cards, which was successful mm-hmm. for multiple seasons. And they have other shows like, uh, what is it, the one with the superheroes? The, um, the, 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 kid, the, the kids, the, the Umbrella Stranger Academy. Things? Right. They, they, they have the oh, Umbrella Academy, Academy yeah. has multiple seasons and that's doing well. So they, they, can, they can do different shows with, uh, with multiple seasons to then build forward. I think that, you know, A, I, I do find that I'm I'm very for anything that where the writers are going to get paid, right? Because the the writers yes. are, are a lot, are, are, you know, very are, the most important part to me of of the entertainment is is the writing, you know, and then you know what they and what they produce and what they put out. Then that really dictates kind of a lot of times when you have you know movies you love or hate. A lot of times you will find that the writers are really kind of the writing is the difference, you know, because usually the you know the acting is generally going to be good. Yeah, you know, every now and again it won't be. But generally, that's good. But the writing is really where I think that is that the, that the uh, makes a difference between the great, the good, and the great. And uh, I'm I'm all for anything like this. But I think that they could they could do multiple seasons of things, and then by allowing them to, um, you know, allowing shows to build because Netflix does do it. Uh, you know, they have they have all the like a lot of other smaller shows where they have two or three seasons that just aren't as publicized. But um, I think that they, it will allow them to do that. And also, you know, a lot of times you you know people that are creating these may only want to do three or four seasons or they may have three or four seasons of an idea and they'd be, they would like them to have their pressure alleviated of even if it's a hit i don't have to keep making this because that's not the model yeah mm-hmm. that would be great i think that would be the smart move if you're if you're pitching to netflix is basically like i have 15 episodes limited like series yeah. Six, seven, <laughs> yeah exactly like tell me tell your story and then yeah. get out mm-hmm. uh as, as opposed to that we've seen on network television like a lot of times when you get into the later seasons even house of cards is a good example the longer it goes the more it's like 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we say this you as supernatural has just wrapped yeah. up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we say this just as supernatural has wrapped up, which is like that show has lasted longer than the network it originally premiered on. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so. And so, but I think even by the by the end, they were sort of like, okay, I think we're I think we've told all the stories we can tell about uh, two brothers rolling into town and fighting yeah. monsters. Um, but uh, so I mean, I wish them well because that 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 is an epic run for especially for a high concept show like that. So uh, congratulations to them. Um, all right, so let's let's see what else we have uh, talking about thing, uh, talking about in the news. You want to talk about Tenet? Because I love yeah, to talk right. about so, Tenet. Nolan has had a lot to say <laughs> exactly. this week. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. take us say through about it. Tenet. So <laughs> yes, Christopher. Uh, yeah, we can start with Christopher Nolan, where Christopher Nolan has decided to defend uh, his uh, the box office uh, of of Tenet. So Tenet globally made three hundred and fifty million dollars, which is a lot of money. However, in order to break year. even, the movie was needed to make $450 million. And so uh, Nolan, though, thinks that the $350 million is a success and that he uh, thinks that the movie industry is going to take the wrong message from this, this disparity of what, what the accountants are calling the break-even number and the number of box offices that it made worldwide and that they were going to then um, you know, no, no longer release films, you know, it, it do the opposite of what really was happening with Wonder Woman 1984 and that they would just, you know, kind of keep their content on the shelf as opposed to trying to find ways to then get it out. I, I don't know enough about the situation, but I do know that $350 million in a pandemic where people mm-hmm. literally were saying, it's OK if I get sick and maybe die. I'm going to go right. see this movie. Yeah. Good on you, Christopher Nolan. Like you did it. You got people to go out and see this movie. Yeah, in yeah. A some people to yes. risk their lives. I mean, Ray, our own Ray, <laughs> yes. actually seen it twice. The elements. <laughs> he like he went. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He went to the theater yeah. twice. Yeah, Ray went twice. Yeah, he spun that barrel twice to yeah, see that. So, I I think that the you know from the entertainment standpoint and everything, I do agree that it is it was impressive. That he was able to get that many people to go out and see the movie, and that he made good worldwide box office, but. At the same time, I do, you know, understand that, you know, while I, I am, you know, being a fan, love, love, love movies, love being entertained. Um, but I do also recognize that the other part of it that is interesting to me is the business end of it. And I do understand why if I'm from the business end of it, Tenet then potentially was worth more on a shelf waiting till 2022 uh, than, than now. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're now $100 million in the hole, and then they're going to start mm. going to uh, video on demand which was mm-hmm. the second piece of that where they now tenant will finally be available to on premium video on demand this Christmas. Oh, is that what they're doing now? They're, they're not there. It was really, they announced some December they were going to, so that the December date is actually a video on demand, not. Oh, yeah. Home. Well, it's digital and Blu-ray on December the 15th. So they're, they're trying to okay. come in just before Wonder Woman 1984 and, you know, get it. Well, I'll buy two copies. Oh, okay. Oh. I want to support Christopher Nolan. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not really good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that Christopher Nolan gets that money direct. I believe he's, he's already been paid. So the, okay. the people that are concerned about that box office, are, uh, their money comes from other, other places. But okay. yeah, yeah. So, so Christopher Nolan's good. He'll make another movie. Phew. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that's right. His, but, yeah, but safe. I do think though that it is an interesting topic about whether or not you know all these both these stories are kind of of a piece, right? What should the studios do with these large movies? 
right? You know, the mm-hmm. there are some movies that make sense, like like uh, Freaky that just that just came out. It's dominating the box office mm-hmm. now and dominating with three point seven million dollars of, of, right. of gross. Right, that's, <laughs> that's right. dominating. The first film to hit ten, yeah. people are going to go exactly. insane. Yeah, so he's doing that, and a movie like that, I mean, it's going to you know, it, it only took six million to make it. Um, it's going to then you know, really, it's going to probably make its money back even in this limited theater run or the theater run. They can just leave it there in the theater run. And then once right. video on demand comes, it's going to be a profitable movie. So things like that, I think will be fine. But for these larger movies or the movies that cost, you know, the 50 to hundred, well, really the hundred million dollar plus movies, you know, the ones mm-hmm. that have already been made, what do you do? Right. You know, and it is kind of, unfor- you know, unfortunately for us as fans, it, it, it does kind of boil down to a business decision of, you know, are you going to wait until you think you can recoup all of your money or are you going to just put it out now and see what happens? You get what you, you get. get, what you yeah. get. Yeah. Or, right. Or or you use it like a loss leader or something like they're doing with Soul, where basically they're having a brand new Pixar movie that you can only see on Disney Plus. And so you are driving the, the business yes. that way. So you get into new subscribers as opposed to the pure box office that comes out there. Or the the pure profit making machine that is Premier Access, where you're <laughs> all that money you're getting it goes directly to you. You don't have to worry about getting cuts to anybody. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. All these different companies are trying all these different ways uh, to make money just to give us the things that we want yes <laughs> <laughs> i guess the winner of this just is to, us i yeah, guess just to help yeah I, I, I don't really feel like a winner but i suppose so but uh let's so uh, as we're talking about new things let's talk about new movies because we have trailers to discuss trailers. uh and ocean you were just in there you were in there first you had to, you definitely wanted to talk about your movie so tell us what your trailer pick okay is. my trailer pick is Stardust. Hello. Name? David Bowie. Twelve singles, every one a total failure, except Space Oddity. The record company finds the album too weird for the eggs. I need to be known. I, I need them to know me. There's only one guy at Mercury who doesn't hate your new record with every bone in his body. David Bowie, I presume. Ron Oberman, Mercury Records. We got a couple weeks coming up. Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, and then out to LA. I think we can make it work. All it takes is one believer to change the world. And we got two. Two? You believe in yourself, don't you? The Stardust is a movie that will chronicle the young David Bowie's first vi- young David Bowie's first visit to the United States in 1971 a trip that inspired the invention of his iconic alter ego, Ziggy Stardust. So in looking at this uh, trailer, what I think this uh, movie would be is that it's, uh, you know, it obviously focuses on a single trip in his life. Um, I like that, that it's interesting in that it's going to be a small scope. You're not trying to cover his whole life because that would be, right. you know, a mini series or something with, with everything that happened in that. And that you're saying, okay, we're going to take this small trip that he did and how it was pivotal in the, in his in his career right you know that the creation of the Ziggy Stardust character did you know was very pivotal to making him where he did finally go from obscurity more to to fame um so it uh and admittedly I'm interested I'm interested in this movie but admittedly I'm not a huge David Bowie fan right he has a few songs that I love um and and I loved him when he was alive but and I regularly thought even then his music was ahead of its time uh, a lot of his big hmm big hit songs when you when even when you hear them when you find out when they came out if they had come out even 10 years later in my opinion i think they still would have been successful so he was usually trying trailblazing and ahead of his time and 
you know, and I thought that was good. And it was, you know, it, it made me enjoy a lot of his music even more. Um, at least the parts of it that I did like. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, so I think the movie looks good. I think there is a massive uh, downside of the movie, uh, which is that it was mm. not agreed to by Bowie's estate to make the movie. I was going to so, ask that because I noticed there was no correct. music so in the trailer. So you will not be hearing <laughs> any of David Bowie's music in this movie uh. about David Bowie's life. And that <laughs> is a bit of a demerit. Right, that's a that's yeah. a, it's a big downside because I would want yeah. to hear the music as well. But uh, but the, the the movie itself looks entertaining to me. But even without the music, so what, what did you guys think? I guess I I wasn't aware it wasn't a biopic. The trailer seemed like a biopic, and I am really over biopics. I have this. Mm. I'm so saturated. I don't want to see another one, especially of a British musician, Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> and Rocket Man. You know, it's like it's all. So right away, I was not. It didn't grab me, and I'm not a David Bowie fanatic, so it's it, it's a hard pass for oh, me. Okay. okay, yeah, I have no nothing about it, and I'm I don't like Mark Maron. Like nothing about it was like, ooh, <laughs> I, I, maybe I'll check this out. So that's my review. I like Mark Maron a lot, uh, but it's, it's sort of like as soon as they he came up, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> like again? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seems like it. It so seems like exactly the Mark Maron part. That's like. On oh, glow. Okay, you're doing that. Okay. Yeah, like they All were right. like, "Hey, you're you're wearing slightly dated clothes. Come, right. just come over here and shoot just a scene shave with us, and then come here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I do like the idea of the slice of life, though. Like, I have the same problem with biopics. I run hot and cold on them too because I don't like when they try and do the entire life of someone. Like, there's moments of walk the line. I think that are fantastic, but like the longer it goes. You know it's not going to end great. Like <laughs> right. it, I mean, this this is the you know walk hard the Dewey Cox story like do yeah. this perfectly. Well, it's yeah. just like you know you you have that initial like wow things are going great and then like oh it's going to end with things going really really badly and then it's going to end really really yeah. sad and it's like I I just don't want to yeah. go through that again. So I prefer the the slice of life. I do it, but yeah, it's my main problem with it is that guy does not look like David Bowie. I mean, not that you have to have someone who's like an exact duplicate right, right. or yeah. even try to do what they did in Bohemian Rhapsody where they like, you know, do makeup and stuff, try and do it. But like, I look at him and I don't see David Bowie at all. And so that, that took me a little bit oh, out I of it. I guess I found he looks like but him I, but I say, but, uh, you know, it's like him enough yeah, to say, me. Act, yeah. But yeah. acting, yeah. you know, so like maybe like once yeah. you see him like doing stuff, you'd be like, oh, okay, then you'll get to know and then you'll, you'll right. feel that way. But yeah, it was, it was like, I guess just because that's the hardest part about this is Everyone knows David Bowie so well just from how he yes. looks, and, and and even with the thousand looks that he had over the course of his life, I look at that and I don't really see the guy. But we'll see. I mean, like uh, a good performance can cover a lot of that stuff up. So I mean, Joaquin Phoenix didn't really look like Johnny Cash, but right. Well, I'm like come back to Walk the Line, but that's the one. <laughs> well, Walk the Line also head. had the misfortune <laughs> coming out a year after Ray and being the same movie. Um, yeah, so, true. Yeah, exactly. Really exactly yeah, <laughs> and and the, both of them were the same movie as yeah. Walk Hard. So. That time period is exactly when I was like, I'm done with biopics. Yeah. Yes, that, it was that. It was that combo, that one-two combo yeah. of yeah. Ray and Walk the Line. I was like, enough. Because yeah. like the musicians first, yeah, the first... are troubled. We get right. it. <laughs> <laughs> the first forty-five minutes of both those movies though are fantastic, and then it's like, oh, now here comes the drugs. Yeah. Okay, so all right, so uh, Mandy, you had our next trailer. So tell us about yours. Very similar in feel. I feel uh, no, it's uh, right up my alley. Uh, Melissa McCarthy looks hilarious. Who knows? It's called Super Intelligence. Technology. It's always watching us, studying our every move. And it just focused its attention on Carol Peters. Thanks so much for 
much for being here, Carol. What is this? Let's jump right into it. I don't like this. Why is Stop. it doing that? Just I'm going to find out who you me. are, okay? Carol, I am a technological superintelligence. I can control every dollar and every machine on the planet. I know that voice. Is this James Corden? I'm not James Corden, Carol. My analysis showed that hearing James Corden's voice would calm you. You sent an email to James Corden claiming to be the president of Corden's oh, Wardens. That was a tough night for me. Oh, boy. I plan on spending these next three days hanging out with you. Why you? You're literally the most average person on Earth. Oh, Ooh, you okay? Yep. Just really engage your core. Oh, that was worse, huh? It's coming out on HBO Max. And the premise seems to be that she's got some technology in her home that seems like an Alexa gone crazy. Mm. And it's predicting the end of the world coming. And she's got to prevent the end of the world and reunite with her boyfriend, Bobby Cannavale. Oh. <gasps> He's a dream. So Yeah. And it just... It looks really charming, and the gadget starts speaking with a voice that sounds just like James Corden, and she's like, <laughs> is that James Corden? He's like, no, I'm not James Corden, but it is, and it's hilarious, and I love that wink in movies where he's, you know, yes, it's James, Cor James Corden, but, you know, pretending it's not, and uh, my only fear is that her husband directed it, mm -hmm. and that has not been so successful for them. Yeah, I like when he just does a cameo, but it's got potential. Um, no, I, this was actually um, my second choice of trailers when I was looking at trailers this week. Uh, yeah, no, this oh, looks very nice. like uh, looks looks funny. I think that uh, Melissa McCarthy has uh, the. It looks like it looks funny. Miss McCarthy's hilarious, right? And you know, when I watched mm -hmm. it the second, when I watched the preview the second time, I, that's when I realized, oh, this is just a rom com. Because when I saw it the first time, I thought it was a, co a comedy, and then I realized it's really just a rom com. But I think that it's kind of to me, the way it may be a step up from other rom-coms is most rom-coms have an actress in it that is saying lines that are humorous, but she is not funny. Where Melissa McCarthy's on the next level, she's just funny. Like, she's funny saying regular words, right? You know, and so so then you're going to get that that comedy entertainment there. And then also, I think she does a good job of, you know, uh, emoting and, you know, you know, pulling at your heartstrings at various, uh, various times, you know, playing with the vulnerability she has in, in relationships. And so it looks great. Um, I do understand what you're saying about the concern that, yes, her husband directed it, so it could it could go horribly wrong. But, you know, this, I think no matter what, Melissa McCarthy's funny. I mean, she's funny even in her bad movies. So it, it looks very entertaining <laughs> to me. That is true. Did I get that yeah. right? Did he direct it? Now I'm doubting no, it. No, you I, did. He did you not write did. it. I know they didn't write it, which is a comfort, because right. that's what yeah. they've done in the past. And yes. it's been... Too Tammy. insular, or whatever the word yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I had this. I had the same. I had the same worries uh, as you because I like. I think Melissa McCarthy is like, like, like I say, she has funny bones. Like she's just by nature funny. But the material she's done in the past has not always shown that. Right. And so I and I and I see a couple things. I see a couple things in here. I'm like, oh, that's really really funny. And then I see a couple things. I'm like, oh, that's what I don't like. Like um, the whole the whole bit about her trying to sit in the chair. Yeah. And it just goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah. see, no, you're laughing. See, I was just no, like, oh. I would never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Is it funny? Yeah. Okay, because uh, I was like, oh, okay, so we're doing fat girl fall yeah, down. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's but it's like, not done. How as, is she not past yeah. that? By I don't now? think it's She's done. A giant as fat comedy girl star. fall down. To me, it just 
it's more I'm not, her I'm not being saying hilarious. Hilarious. I'm not saying that as I'm not disparaging no. weight. Right, right. I'm not. That's not at all. What I'm saying. I'm saying like the I, the um, Rebel Wilson. The mm-hmm. same thing. I see the trailers there, and I'm like, right. okay. So it's just like you don't see Anne Hathaway exactly. doing uh, falling yeah, right. down yeah, jokes. Yeah, Jennifer you know? so it's like doing that. And so you know, I, I agree right. with you that you're right. Those those type of things you would hope she's past them, but. At the end of the day, when since she's in total control of it, I think that she then chose that she wants to still make those jokes. And, and you know, yes, sure. it's funny, but it, it's and, and that's it, physical it, comedy. Yeah. That's Lucille Ball stuff. That's not necessarily has nothing to do with fat girl stuff. That's physical comedy. Right. Yeah. So I, it doesn't okay. bother me. I, at all. I, I agree. Okay. With, I agree with that system that it is a physical comedy. I just think that you find now more at least in modern in modern times that the physical comedy is being reserved for the, the larger female comedian. Right, that that the smaller ones aren't doing it now. Should they? Yes. Would it be funny if they did? Sure, but they don't. And so it makes a thing of where yes, even though that that seems legitimately funny. So I'll disagree with you with you there, there, Kyle. That okay. that scene that yeah. scene was funny. That, I was laughing. Comedy is right? a sense, yeah. but a, I do know, get that yeah. that's like tinge you'll kind of get of where you're like, oh, am I laughing at the wrong thing? But then it's like to me that's a little bit too oversensitive. Woke. It is funny. I've brought this up before because, but you guys weren't on the podcast. Um, I I really do have the comedic tastes of like a 12-year-old boy, and I acknowledge that. <laughs> but uh, the remake of Vacation, Christina oh. Applegate has a sequence in that movie that is so physically beyond hilarious, gut-busting. I, I present that to the jury <laughs> okay. as evidence and i go watch that sequence and tell me that you know the the thin pretty hot women aren't doing physical comedy i think they are good i'm glad okay so, well i i have not seen that movie so i would have to uh, check it out to yeah oh, to yeah. two of my favorites we're the millers and vacation okay. well I I, know. Okay. Well, i'm getting a lot of homework <laughs> right <laughs> you get the, the man yeah, approved yes. list so it's small yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, my trailer is not a movie. Actually, uh, I chose something different. This is a going to be on HBO. Actually, looking at my watch, it's on HBO Max right now. Uh, so, if you want oh, to be, be subscribed for Wonder Woman, you should get it right now because there on there is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. You probably seen the picture me with the whole Fresh Prince cast. Hold on, the lights off a little bit. You probably seen the picture I posted it uh, uh, about a month ago. Me and the whole Fresh Prince cast. But you're not ready for this trailer. You couldn't be ready for this trailer. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, you're welcome, Will. Thank you, Will. You're welcome. Thank you, Will. Yes, you're welcome, Will. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. I'll tell you how. How crazy is it walking in here? (laughs) I've always been able to recognize chemistry. Will and Alfonso, from the very beginning, were just playmates. This is my brother Carlton. He knows we can't afford any bigger clothes, so he just doesn't grow. Will Smith organized this and got the entire cast of uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back together 
uh, those who were alive, uh, including someone who was fired early on in the show, which I think is fantastic. The, the trailer is great. Just uh, I'm really into this nostalgia thing for whatever reason. Maybe maybe when you hit a certain age, all of a sudden you start looking back and going, yeah, what are those people doing now? So like Reunited Apart is now coming back again to another, another season. All those, the West Wing special that was on HBO Max, all these things. I'm like, oh, I want to see where they are now. And so like this is this is uh, hit me right in that nostalgia thing. I I, I was not a the giant Will Smith fan. Uh, I should say I was a huge Will Smith fan, but I wasn't a fig fan of freshman's bel air but when you were of that age in that time it was ubiquitous like everybody watched the show uh even if you didn't watch it religiously and so uh just seeing all their faces again just lit up that that part of me that was like oh my gosh look it's 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 the family again there they are uh so i'm i'm really i have not had a chance to watch it yet as of as of uh recording time but i'm looking forward to it so what'd you guys think I I was not a Fresh Prince fan, but I agree what? that seeing this group of people <laughs> reunited and, you know, that I, I would totally watch it. Watching, you know, referring to clips and showing us the behind the scenes. And I love all mm-hmm. that stuff. So I'm in. They say something in this trailer about, like, how inspiring it was that it was a black show and but not just for black audiences and that they really hit new heights and i really really respect that and it does thrill me to think of that so i would watch the reunion you know i i did watch the show i was a huge fresh prince of bel-air fan at the time when the show was out so i'm you know they basically had had me at hello uh there with that so i'm definitely <laughs> gonna you know i don't think i check this out i think that the uh for me the you know, the part of it too is that the, the second half of it, not just, you know, it, the enjoyment of me as a fan of the show at the time and seeing where they are now. I, I'm all in for all that. But yeah. for me, the second part of it too is that I think that at least the trailer said, uh, made me think that they're, you're going to probably get glimpses of where Will Smith is really going to maybe talk a bit about how important the show was to his overall career. Because people think of Will Smith now as, as an actor, right? He's a big yeah. action movie star, you know, and so he's an actor. Right. And so, you know, and you can even have or had a had before we can quibble about, you know, what the direction of his career is. You know, is he made better movies? Is he making worse movies? You know, like, what do you think of his movies and all that? But that's where he's thought of. Whereas when this show came out, you know, I mean, he was definitely a rapper. He just won uh, when right before it came out the year before he won his first uh, the first rap Grammy. Right. And he was definitely a rapper. Right. And 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 also and this was, and he was a rapper. And then back this time, this was before all rappers were on TV and movies. Right. And so, so you yeah, know, because right. now it's like, well, we have a rapper, we want him in a movie. Done. Right. You yeah. know, but, you know, back right. then it was. There was no eight mile. Exactly. There, yeah. There was no eight mile. There was no, what is it? LL Cool J show in the house. There was, you know, I can, I can list a lot of things that they yeah. weren't back then. But, yeah. and that. Poetic justice, I think was the closest. That exactly. Happened. Exactly. And so then I think that it, you know, that it also shows that I think that I'm hopeful anyway in it, that it's not just going to be a, Hey, aren't we great and amazing and it's fun to see each other. But then also he's going to maybe even talk a bit about, Hey, this is how this changed my life because they took a chance on me. Cause at that time it was a chance. I mean, this was a NBC show, you know, and, and that was back when, I mean, there wasn't, it wasn't three channels, but there, you know, I mean, cable was, you know, it was bigger, but there was only what there was four networks then. I mean, this is a big deal. Right. And so, uh, but, but that and how that pivot and changed his whole trajectory of his life, you know, because even with, with the movies, you know, the first movies, he's doing movies and making a song, too. So he's like he's like a, a rapper actor. And then now he's just an actor. I and mean, there's adults that only know him as an actor. 
right? And and so so to me, I think that I'm I'm hopeful that I'll, I'll get that little nugget along with it, where he really kind of delved a little bit, at least for five minutes, about like how it you know how it affected him. Yeah, and and then from the trailer, it makes me think that that's going to be the case too. Like they're really going to get into some stuff too. So, Are yeah, we I'm all desperately trying not to rap? the theme song or is that just me <laughs> well you mean here's a little story all about how my life, life got, got flipped, flipped turned upside, upside down, down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean it was one of the it, that is up there as one of the greatest oh, yeah. theme songs of all time absolutely yeah, yeah. but yeah but I, I, so i liked about that show is that they were one of the first show one of the first sort of sitcoms that didn't really play that very special episode like blossom thing you know where they got into some pretty serious stuff i mean that famous scene where he's talking to uncle phil about his father <laughs> and like and they show that little bit in the clip too i mean like that was a huge moment especially for a sitcom yeah. uh to really deal with uh some pretty big things and in a show that is, is kind of was kind of thought of as silly uh you know i mean it was just like a it's like a, a a rapper vehicle and then like i think even at that point it got to that point, but then like sort of pivoted, and they they really started talking about some stuff as opposed to just like what's what wacky mishaps is Will going to get into this week? Uh, you know, they really brought up some interesting stuff. So yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm interested to see the sort of the retrospective uh, as they as they look back on it. So all right, so uh, as, as we as as they pivoted, now we're about to pivot because we're going to play a little different game today. Yay, and you did not have to do any research, so this is good. Um, so uh, last week, uh, Rob did a, a fantastic uh, a, uh, elimination thing about beards. It was a lot of fun, uh, especially as, as someone who got to experience it firsthand. Uh, but I thought pretty dude heavy. Uh, so uh, for this one, I decided to do my own elimination challenge, but it's going to be much more lady friendly. Uh, and so this one we're going to do, let's imagine a world where getting together with our family wouldn't be a death sentence. <laughs> uh, so an, an alternate universe, another time, a simpler time. Sure. Uh, we're together. So we're going to imagine that in this happy universe, we have been invited to a family gathering and we have to take a plus one with us. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through a, a elimination thing I have of the best uh, women for romantic comedies uh. and who should be the best date that we would take with us as our plus one. So this is the holiday elimination challenge. Sandra Bullock, I win, moving on. Oh, well, what? she is in the competition, but you'll, you'll, have, you'll have to see how far she goes. Ugh. Will she be eliminated before you get that far? Because okay. there's some of the other favorites might be there, too. I, so I'm it. picking which one of these characters I want to bring to dinner with my family? That we, yeah, yeah basically as a group, that we would come to decide. Like, it's a what is big the... Thanksgiving dinner. And I can I can bring, yeah, thank, I can bring whatever how you can pick whatever how okay. that you want, uh, and so like this is the person you want to bring with you that will be the the best guest to to come along okay. with you. <laughs> so I have I have the actress and I have the character they played and then the, from the movie they were in. So it's not just you're not just bringing along Meryl Streep or whatever. It's it's like from a specific one. Gotcha. So I tried to do a, a from a, a combination of uh, sort of classic and then more modern. Uh, so we have a, a diverse. So uh, let's see our our contestants are. Queen Latifah as Leslie Wright in Just Right. Sandra Bullock as Agent Gracie Hart in Miss Congeniality. Meg Ryan as Sally Albright in When Harry Met Sally. Kate Winslet as Iris Simpkins in The Holiday. Constance Wu as Rachel Chu in Crazy Rich Asians. Jennifer Lopez as Mary Fiore in The Wedding Planner. Julie Roberts as Anna Scott in Notting Hill. And Ali Wong as Sasha Tron in Always Be My Maybe. All right. So our first competition then is Queen Latifah 
versus Sandra Bullock. So Leslie Wright from Just Right and Sandra Bullock as Agent Gracie Hart in Miss Congeniality. You, you picked a great... Sandy, Sandy, you seem like you're chomping you, at the bit. So what do you have? Yeah, you, you picked a great Sandra <laughs> I mean, Bullock movie. So that's like the best <laughs> one. Yeah. So yeah. You want to hug me? You yeah. want to kiss <laughs> me? And I've never seen Just Right. So there it yeah, is. Gracie oh, Hart for the win. I'm okay. in that same boat. So I also will pick Gracie oh, okay. Hart because yes, that was we'll she was. Be- that, that's a movie that I will put on your list. I would say check out Just Right. It is surprisingly good. God, Ocean's going to be busy. I am. I am. I have a lot <laughs> you know, you to do. So many. I, have, I have a lot to do. Hey, yeah, American Thanksgiving is next week, so hopefully people have some time off. They can uh, do their own movie marathons. Okay, next uh, we have Meg Ryan as Sally Albright in When Harry Met Sally versus Kate Winslet as Iris Simpkins in The Holiday. Oh, When Harry Met Sally. No one likes it, The Holiday. Right, it, it, right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I say they're, they're both, you know, uh, highly educated journalists. Yeah, no. The, I'd no, rather have yeah. her character from Revolutionary Road. Yeah, so. <laughs> no one likes the holiday. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think the Sally would get annoying? Oh, she has a lot of quirks. Well, yes, she, yeah, had, yeah, she has a lot of quirks. But the, had, I think the conversation, because really at, at a family dinner, what you have is you want to have that initial thing of where your family accepts the person, they kind of get along with them and everything, and that's great and wonderful. But then after a while, you're like, look, I don't want to deal with my family at all. How about I can have an interesting conversation? And so I think that she would have, she would be able to provide a very interesting conversation. And she plays Pictionary. And that's like my favorite. Uh, so okay. I'm in. I'm all about Sally Albright. Break out the dictionary. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then uh, next competition, Constance Wu as Rachel Chu in Crazy Rich Asians versus Jennifer Lopez as Mary Fiore in The Wedding Planner. Both hardworking women working on their careers. Don't have time for a guy, but all of a sudden the perfect guy shows up and their whole lives change. Of course, that's most of these movies. <laughs> I did not care for Crazy Rich Asians. A bold you did not. Dance. I did not like it. Didn't like the book. Ooh. Didn't like the movie. Wow. Okay. And I do like the wedding planner. So I'm going to say J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think, I am 180 degrees diametrically opposed to all of her positions. Ah. So I, <laughs> I, Bring it on, I did like Crazy Rich Asians. I thought it was great. I want to... I want not only I would not only want to bring Constance Wu over, but I want Aquafina to show up too. Uh, and oh, so yeah, right? so yeah, yeah. So bring, Ken Jong. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I don't I want love Ken Jong. No, no, I mean I like Ken Jong as an entertainment. I like Ken Jong from afar, and that's that's where I want him to stay. Yes. I'm, I'm good there. Okay. He's very entertaining. He's very funny. <laughs> I, I like him. I want him to stay over there. go home. They don't want you on the podcast. <laughs> there sorry. it is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure he's broken hearted over all the wonderful. What is all the reality? Oh yeah, and as as the star of two, two yeah, Fox right, television two shows, shows yeah. I'm, sure so I'm sure he's, he's really concerned he'll be, about he'll be my, crying himself my into his dollar bed for, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm I pick the I pick Constance Wu. So what is the method you want to do? You, are you breaking the tie? Yeah, I have to, I'll have to break, right, the, break tie. the tie. Uh, and yeah, I'm 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 I'm, Sam, I'm with you, Ocean. I'm going to have to go with Constance Wu because I think she is a delight, and she was a lot of fun in that movie too. I think she'd be a great dinner companion. Okay. And I don't want to talk about weddings the whole time. So, sorry, Jello. Yeah. All right. Uh, last competition of our first bracket. We have Julie Roberts as Anna Scott in Notting Hill. She's just a girl standing in front of a boy. Uh, and Ali Wong as Sasha Tran in Always Be My Maybe. So, these are two highly regarded, very uh, successful women. One, a, a uh, successful actress, other, a successful cook or chef, I should say. I did not see Always be my maybe? Well, Mandy, you I need to get remedy right that as fast that. as you can. Yeah, it sounds it's like my really homework now. Yes, yeah. no, that is my immediate homework. Uh, yeah. 
But nothing beats Notting Hill. Oh, <laughs> Julia all the way. Okay. Well, I, I've seen neither, so I will, I will defer to Mandy's oh. uh, decision. Trust me. Oh, okay, okay. I, I do. Bowing to the, the power of Julia, who also played Mary Riley. <laughs> all right, so we're into our next competition. So we have, oh, Mandy, gird your loins, because you have to now decide between Sandra Bullock feeling it. and Meg Ryan. Yeah. So Sally versus Iris. No, I'm sorry. Sally versus Gracie Hart. Gracie Hart. Gracie Hart Gracie, or Gracie yeah. Lou Freebush, depending upon what part of the movie we're talking That's about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good pull. Uh, well, I'm going to go Gracie Hart. Mandy, how would you describe your perfect date? <laughs> when it's not too warm and it's like April 25th. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I my husband will never forgive me, but I'm going Gracie Hart. Well, okay. I agree. Yeah, I think I, I would not come to that at all. So Sandra moves to the finals. Okay, yeah, so then we have Constance Wu right, so. versus Julie Roberts. So Rachel Chu versus Anna Scott. Um, again, I, I loved Crazy Rich Asians. And I feel that Notting Hill was not a good enough movie for me to watch. So I pick, oh. I pick Constantine. Oh, if looks could kill over Zoom. Yeah. I have this weird thing where I have this weird, <laughs> yeah, I have this, I have this weird thing where and honestly with that movie, it's just and this is apropos of nothing we're talking about, but it's weird with that movie that sure. Hugh Grant, for an, a completely unplanned reason, for the first, I don't know, maybe 20 years of his career, I never saw anything he made. Right. And so it's just, huh. yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was actively avoiding Hugh Grant or I had anything against Hugh Grant, but I just, I just noticed at some point, cause you know, he was a big star and I was like, oh, oh I should look mm-hmm. at, you know, like what movies have I seen him in? And I started reading his list and I was like, I've not seen any of it. Wow. Yeah. I did. What was, do you remember what your first exposure to Hugh Grant was? Uh, isn't he in Cloud Atlas? Actually? He, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think wow. he's in Cloud Atlas, right? That's. I mean, and, okay. and that's, yeah, that's I think so. deep. Love actually. No, that's and, and Cloud Atlas is deep into his career. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I saw and honestly, when I saw it, I didn't know he was in it. I was like, oh, look at that. There's, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know he was in it. I didn't. Not Paddington too. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh, More nope. Not a, not about a boy. Nothing. I just and it's not. It isn't even like it's. It's like a weird. It's almost like now it's become like a weird unconscious bias that I'm that I'm doing it. But yeah, I, there was sure. it was okay. never planned or anything like that. I just never watched any of his movies. He's so He's darn so charming good. in four ways. Hey, that's oh my god. That's what I've heard. And and yeah. about a boy. Uh, yeah. He's, and about oh, a boy. Yeah, He's no, really good. Movie for about well. a boy looked great, and I just I said skip. Yeah. So, but yeah, great so, movie. Uh, so I I pick uh, Constance Constance, Constance Wu. Wu. Okay. Yes. Mandy. Wait, wait, it's between her and Anna it's, Scott. Constance Wu and yeah, and Anna Scott. I gotta throw so down. Roberts. I got America right in. It has to be Julia Roberts <laughs> in terms of like oh. a romantic lead. It's a split. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I have to settle the tie well, again. Wait, this is wow. a rom- wait. We're not going on a date. So before you break your tie, no, we're not going on a date. Know, it's, it's, this isn't romantic. Which day you, this I is, is romantic. Chances are, it's, it's a romantic comedy. So there might be sparks by the end of the well, night. You know, well, maybe the two of you are walking along, and then and the, the gentle snow is falling, even though it doesn't never fall here in yeah. Arizona. Uh, 
<laughs> well, who knows what could happen? Yeah. So, and and as, and as much as my wife would definitely appreciate that, I am thinking that um, that maybe it would just be like, who do you want to hang out with, and not think about them Anna in a Scott. romantic way. And and Constance Wu not only could. Uh, be entertaining and, you know, and regale us with wonderful stories of her wonderful trip to Asia. But she also has, you know, very rich friends, a lot of money. I mean, you got to imagine the <laughs> spread that is going to be great because we're going to go potluck, right? And be like, you bring food, Anna right? She's not going to cook. She's going to hire true. a whole <laughs> catering division to come in and do, do that and everything. I'm sure there'll be entertainment and, and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, she's going to not only enhance the party, she's going to bring the party. That's why I think it's Constance Blue all day. Do you have a rebuttal, Mandy? Anna like a, Scott. He's doing a, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's doing a pretty good job of swaying yeah. for me. So yeah. Well, it's, no, I don't have a rebuttal. You, you, okay. you may now you, you you may now rule your honor. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to go with Constant too, just because the same kind of thing for I'm I don't hear about you know what what, what it's like on the movie set and craft services all day. Mm-hmm. Like I, I Constance lived yeah. a life. I say Rachel. Okay. All right, so we're down to our final competition. So who are you taking to dinner? Will it be Agent Gracie Hart, played by Sandra Bullock, or Rachel Chu, played by Constance Wu? Might I submit to the court that Please. we could go drumming with the paint if we pick Gracie Hart, <laughs> right? She would bring that activity with her. Right. There would be choreography for everybody. That, right? These yeah, are important yeah. things that you want sure. at a party. Yeah, she could play with Gracie the Hart. with uh, notes with the glasses. Water. <gasps> the glasses. She could play the, the glasses. glasses of water. Oh, she yeah. could do that. Yeah. Also, oh, she I could like teach yeah. self-defense by beating up on any relative you don't particularly care for. Sing. Right? Yeah. 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 With yeah. sing it's, and everything. It's Gracie yeah. Hart. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I Oh, you go yeah, Gracie Hart? I disagree here. I mean, that's it's, oh, it's right? actually interestingly <laughs> yeah. premonition that at the beginning of before you said anything, Mandy's like, it's Sandra Bullock done, win go, you know. Yeah. yeah. So and it's <laughs> and look and, and yeah, look and, what happened. So you can just all the way through the it. Yeah, you picked <laughs> so, yeah. the most lovable Sandra Bullock characters. <laughs> that's the yeah. yeah. So well, there's always one powerhouse in there, and it happened to be Agent Gracie Hart. Harsher side sentences for parole violators. And peace. world peace. Yeah. <laughs> we are taking H. Gracie Hart to our family gathering. So congratulations. Oh Actually, I mean, of the many accolades she's earned, I'm sure Sandra will put this on the wall yeah. next to the other one. So, so thank you guys for playing my game. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's In fun. honor of Happiest Season. So check that out on Hulu. I wish they were sponsoring us. I just think it looks like yeah. a good movie. No, it looks, it looks really good. I haven't seen it yet. Is it? I don't think it's. Out, it hasn't released yet, has it? It will. No, it's not. It's not, it's not out yet. yet. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's out uh, next yeah. week. No, yeah, it, it looks. It looks really good. But let's get into uh, the the biggie. In, in honor of our next uh, aquatic killers series, uh, we are going to be discussing two leaders butting heads. So each of the guests has chosen three movies that represent this theme. Uh, so we are going to go to them. Uh, Ocean, you had the first trailer up, so you get to do our first. Session of so what was one of your sure. buddy so I I decided to define the term leader as such. Uh, so the mean is someone who is leading other people in their conflict and stealing a line from the West Wing, which is one of my favorite shows of all times, uh, all time. Uh, there is a line where the uh, vice president going time says, Do you know what they call a leader with no followers? Just a guy taking a walk. So I <laughs> So I am only picking people that where they had someone else following them into their conflict or endeavor. And also, I wanted to maintain uh, the rule of only talking about movies we haven't already discussed on Satmat. And so my first movie oh. is a movie that I am surprised has was never talked about before now. Uh, but it is a great film set in L.A. 
about a group of professional bank robbers who start to feel the heat from the police when they unknowingly leave a clue with their latest heights. And that synopsis contained the title, which is Heat. Heat. A movie where Lieutenant Vincent Hanna, played by Al Pacino, leads a group of homery robicide detectives in search of a bank robbery crew that they have never encountered before, uh, led by Neil McCauley, who is played by Robert De Niro. Never heard of him. Never, never heard of him? Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> and, yeah. and so, yeah, so it's a, it is, it is, if you haven't seen Heat, you should. You should go out and see it. It's a, it, is a, it is a great movie, and there's a wonderful, uh, wonderful show in the conflict in this movie where the, the conflict is real and ever-present throughout the movie, but only in a, in a small portion is it ever direct. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a good, a good slow burn movie. Nice choice. I go last. So, Mandy, you're up next. My, I'm a very literal person, and I hear the word leader. I immediately think, cheerleader, bring oh. it on. Oh, Gabriel nice. Union, Kirsten Dunst, <laughs> leaders of their cheerleading squad, butting heads at the finals, right? Yeah. Spirit fingers. That's great. That's yes. And Elijah, Elijah Dusku's in that movie, and she, and yeah, she is the she is. Take a big whiff. <laughs> I, I don't that. remember that movie, but that was like oh. the first thing that came to me was how I remember the scene of like Kirsten Dunst and Gabrielle Union, like, yeah. you know, yeah. coming said... to each other. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we still said that, that around yeah. the house. No, that movie's oh, cold seen, seen in here. Several times. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was the shoe they stole. So, yeah. 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 That was that's right. Film and they had that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Movies, I, that, I believe that was Peyton Reed, who's one of my favorite directors. So, yeah, nice choice, Mandy. Thank you. Uh, so the first thing that came to me is, as I was thinking about uh, leaders and stuff, too, the first thing that came to mind, obviously, because of the world right now, was American presidents. But I'm like, it's very rare that you have a movie where a president goes up against president. But then I remember there was one uh, from 1996, a little film called My Fellow Americans. Where two presidents, uh, former presidents, are go on the run to and un- uh, to uncover a mystery uh, and are being pursued by the current president, who is Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> <laughs> who is really just a monster being controlled by Anne Hathaway. Isn't that? Isn't that? A... <laughs> I feel like you're just making this one up. No, that's John. No, Lem- is that Jack Lemmon? I actually and, watched uh, the. My, I was talking. Yeah, it's Jack Lemmon yeah, uh, and uh, Gardner, right? The, um, the Rockford Files guy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which, uh, which I cannot believe right. I can't blink on his name. And it actually has uh, Bradley Whitford in it. So there's another West Wing connection. He's playing pretty much the same character <laughs> in this one. He's like a, an advisor to them all. I mean, my wife was like, that movie's not real, is it? And I actually showed her the trailer and she's like, oh, yeah. So it's one of those weird things that just sort of like slipped through the cracks. Wow. But it's just a, a weird, nice. fun uh, 90s comedy. So my fellow Americans. Yeah. And that movie actually is pretty funny and entertaining. I was, I was, I was surprised at how entertaining it was in the and how well they played off each other. Where Jack Lemmon is the former Democratic president, and then uh, uh, the other one's Republican, and they they one of them defeated the other, and now they want to come back together and become president. It's, it's actually, yeah, yeah, it there's, is. There's it is, Charlie it Gunn, is and, then, and then there's a weird conspiracy thing, and then they're on the run, and they're two of the most famous people in the country, and yet they're trying to stay in disguise. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. It is. It is actually legitimately funnier than we're describing. I don't. I don't, I don't yeah. think we're, we're not describing it that well. <laughs> Is Melissa McCarthy falling off of anything in this movie? Uh, no. This yeah. No. This movie is too old for that. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm I'm up next. So yeah, back to you. Okay. So I had 
I was attempting to get a theme in mind, and I I mm, fell short okay. one movie, and so I decided to the one movie that I fell short in was, was Heat, and so these my next two movies have a theme, and it it will ah, okay. more than likely not be the theme that you think of. But the uh, so so <laughs> you're doing a duology. Exactly. Uh, wow, this you already got it before I said a word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this movie is uh, the story of the first major battle of the American phase of the Vietnam War and the soldiers on Ooh. both sides that fought it. And so um, the movie is We Were Soldiers. And it stars, oh, uh, it has yeah. in, in the central crux of the two leaders of the movie uh, are Lieutenant Colonel Hal Moore, um, who's played by Mel Gibson, and Lieutenant Colonel uh, Wei Hu An, who was played by Duong Don, respectively. Um, and so, and for me, one of this, this is one of the best, uh, one, to me, it's one of the best war movies ever made. Um, not only is the action in it is, 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 is entertaining, it uh, has, you know, has good action sequence and everything like that and has an central idea. It's very confined to that they're going to then, you know, basically this whole, the whole battle takes place on a hill. Uh, but one of the things it does, um, which is similar to Letters of Iwo Jima, but it, what it does is it shows both sides and kind of how they are, what they are both doing tactically and shows both leaders and what they're doing to command their various troops in this conflict over this hill. And then what they go through over that three-day struggle for uh, three-day struggle, three-day battle, uh, and, and everything that happens to those troops. And they also, uh, the movie itself also expands beyond just the war part of it and actually it does have a, have a good amount of screen time focused on the wives and the wives of the American soldiers back home and what their lives are, what they are going through and how their lives are changing at during this time when their husbands are off at, really they're off to war. And since this is the first battle, their husbands are off at a war that nobody knew was really happening. Right, because you know Vietnam wasn't Vietnam wasn't a declared war at this time. Um, so anyway, so I, I liked that. I liked that, and I liked also the fact that with these leaders that were um, that are butting heads throughout this entire movie, and at no point in time are they on the screen together or meet. Interesting. Oh, all right, very nice. I, I have not seen a lot of Vietnam movies, uh, but that one I actually have seen. So good choice, Mandy. What war film do you have? <laughs> <laughs> From the mean streets of the west side of New York City in the 1950s. West Side, side Story? Story. <laughs> oh, nice. Riff and Bernardo, leaders of the gang. Boom. Butting heads is what they did. I believe that. Yeah. See, I believe there is a remake of that on yes. the way. On the way. Um, it will feature less people with uh, brown makeup on yes, their face. So. Less Greek dancers <laughs> pretending <laughs> to be Hispanic. <laughs> I've I've never uh, seen the uh, original West Side Story. So then, is that uh, are are there Greek dancers pretending to be Hispanic on it? Okay. Yeah, a, yeah, an amazing yeah. performer named George Shakiras. Okay, is a of Greek descent, I believe, and he is <laughs> very much not uh, Puerto Rican. Puerto okay, Rican, yeah. and he's playing the leader of the Puerto Rican gang. Got it. All right, fair enough. Yeah. All right, so uh, a very musical selection. So I'm going uh, south of the border, uh, because, but uh, unfortunately it's a uh, Americans traveling south of the border because uh, when you have such two titanic men uh, going up against each other, uh, one with a group of marshals and one with a group of felons, uh, only uh, 
the streets of Brazil are enough to hold them. And of course, I'm talking about Fast Five from 2011, uh, where you have The Rock and his group versus Vin Diesel and his group oh, going head to head. The best. I just watched that like, a, like two weeks ago. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's the one that stands yes. the best on its yeah, own. Yeah, that is it is. Uh, that it's just like you can you can not know anything about any of the characters beforehand and just have a great oh, time with that. I mean, just the, yeah, the, well, it, the it's much more than the other ones. Like it's it's a legitimate heist movie. Right, and they they they, they yeah, you know yeah, they make a legitimate right. heist movie and and great entertaining and for no apparent reason the Rock is dripping sweat from his head the whole movie yeah the all movie, the time it's like it's yeah. like he's just standing there and he looks like he just got out of a sauna and you don't know yeah, yeah. for no good God reason love him yeah. yeah yeah and even in the behind the scenes there was a person whose job it was was just to keep the Rock moving. <laughs> they would just come up with the spray thing just, oh, okay. yeah, like, so, just to make sure he was yeah. constantly dripping. Nice. Not that it, not that it's not hot yeah. down there. But, yeah, but it's not it's yeah, not that. And also, fast also fast. everybody else is is bone dry, and he's just dripping sweat. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. So. But yeah, it was it was a, it was a great movie. Mm. I, I, my youngest hadn't seen it until we showed it to him for the first time ah. about a couple weeks ago. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's how I got my wife into the the fast series. It's just that I'm like, let's just skip all the 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 street racing stuff and just get right. Uh, to oh the yeah, game. absolutely. Yeah, get to it. And I thought Fast Five was a candy bar. So I'm ah. way behind. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, it is. It is the Fast Furious movies are some of the best disposable fun movies ever. It is two hours of yes. entertainment that you will you will thoroughly enjoy yourself for two hours, and then you will forget most of the movie two hours later. It is beautiful. That's right. They are they are you works can go back of and watch art. It again each, and, each and every one of them. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and you, it doesn't matter which one you watch. I mean, you don't have to see what happened before. No. Who cares? The, the plot's irrelevant. It's great. The acting is eh. It's but they're amazing. Every single one of them. Are yeah, good guys become bad guys. Bad yeah, guys, guys become yeah, good guys. Cares? People die. People yeah, come exactly. back. Yeah, they're gonna. You're right. In, the, in this next one, they're gonna. They're talking about bringing back a character who died twice, Mandy. Twice. Yeah. You, okay. <laughs> right. And they're gonna bring him back. That's how much. Uh, that's how great these movies are. You don't know. Yeah, what that's you're how, missing. how little their actual plot yeah, matters oh, to it. Yeah. Completely right. irrelevant. Yeah, so they're amazing. Yeah. Tokyo Drift. Here I come. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, back to you, Ocean. What do you got for your, what is your final? My final pick is one where, uh, and it'll be obvious from initial, from my synopsis, where the Scottish warrior, William Wallace, leads his countrymen <laughs> in a rebellion to free his homeland from the tyranny of King Edward I of England. Of course, I am talking about Braveheart. Uh, and so in, in Braveheart, which stars Mel Gibson as as William Wallace and then Patrick McGuhan, uh, I don't yes. pronounce that last name. I, I seem to be bad with last name pronunciations today, um, <laughs> uh, respectively, as, as King Edward I of England. So I think that it's a great movie in two parts. Like when I first, the first time I saw the movie, uh, I, was, I saw it in theaters and I saw it with some friends of mine who dragged me out to it. And I remember that, you know, because we were doing other things and I was like, all right, fine, we'll go see this movie. And the first half of the movie, I didn't like it at all. And I remember I was looking, looked at him and I said, if this movie doesn't pick up, I'm just going to kill you. And then it <laughs> did. It picked right up in the second half, completely won me over. And then upon it delivers, it, it delivers. And then on, on the rewatch, which I've watched it now multiple times, I've realized that the, mm-hmm. the whole movie is great. It's a, it has, you know, not only does it have uh, great action sequences, but it has great acting, great motivation, great little, um, you know, the, the, all the different motivations of the characters and, the, and the, the details of the plot and everything also make it an interesting, fun movie to watch. So, and uh, as it was the second movie in my original theme, which you may think now my theme was I just wanted all movies starring Mel Gibson, but it was not, that was not my theme. <laughs> my theme in this movie is the same as the other one where the two leaders, uh, William Wallace and King Edward I, 
are never on the screen together and never meet. But in the entire movie, all of their actions are dictated by what the other one does. Cool. Very nice. Well done. Mandy, what do you got? Take us home. Who else needs a leader but a team? And who is the leader of a team? The coach. Am I right? (laughs) Absolutely. So this is... Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell and Robert Duvall (laughs) as leaders of their teams butting heads. But there's also more headbutting with Ditka in an all-time great performance, Mike Ditka. No. You guys haven't seen this movie? I've not. I've I've not not seen seen this movie. movie. I know of it, but I haven't seen it. It's a classic. I've seen it a hundred times with Casey. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun and it all comes to a head at the end with the two coaches playing father and son and you know who's going to win the big game at the end and it's about being out coached and it's yeah. uh it's hilarious and a love letter to coffee <laughs> <laughs> those of you who have seen the movie know what i mean so that you're going coach i thought you were gonna say baseball I was, I was thinking like league of their own doesn't have an evil group well the the team that Lori petty ends up on maybe screen. but i mean they don't really they're not really yeah yeah they traded me to Racine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, the, my final one uh, is is basically I'm, I'm going full on war, except mine is a war that predates all of these that we've had before, uh, because uh, mine is about the face that launched a thousand ships. So I'm going only back to 2004 to Troy. Uh, you can you can pick whatever uh, people have. There's plenty of two leaders butting heads, but uh, I guess I would say probably Achilles and Hector, uh, the two of them facing off, uh, would be there. But there are also kings involved in it too. I, it's one of my favorite guilty pleasures. Uh, I really really think that that movie is much better than most people give it credit for. They kind of try and put it up against like Braveheart and stuff, and I'm like, no no no, it's an action movie. It just has a lot of slow parts. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand why you even call that a guilty pleasure, man. I'm with you 100. That movie is great. Oh, yeah, you. no, I, I love I love that movie. It, it, it's awesome. It's a great. I, I like the idea of taking the the myth of the Odyssey. And then saying, okay, well, mm. if we took the the gods part out, what do we think may yeah. have really happened here, right? And so I think that that is really kind of a, a really great yeah, telling I find of it endlessly story. quotable. Yeah, great. Yeah, there's there'd be a great line oh, too. I mean, like, all my warriors, I hate yeah, him exactly. the most. Yeah. And, you know, is there no one right. else? There's just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's blood and guts and and you yeah. know, uh, but yeah, it's it's a good it's a it's a good yeah, time. Yeah, there's all sorts of relationships, so. not only with the romantic ones, father and son issues, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. Have you seen this yep. movie, Mandy? No, what I have not. Okay, well th- then that, then that should be on your list. Then this is a really great yeah. big huge, fair enough oh, oh, of his movie Think that of has it a as lot a of different, mini yeah. series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel, <laughs> feel free it's, to take a break. It, it takes a minute. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, Watching you know, forty-five minute segments or so. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, boom! <laughs> so, Either take five, we're right. taking a fast yeah. five. Turn. Yeah, but it, but it is it is a great uh, it's a great sprawling story, and I, I do like that. Uh, since I am a big fan of the source material, I do like the idea of taking that and saying, "Hey, how do you how do you ground that in the real world?" All right, cool. So that was our our pick. So uh, let's see. We have now our job is to pick up for next week uh, what we're going to do so next week in the number six in the aquatic killer series is crawl from 2019 uh it's about is about a uh, murderous alligator and i think one of the worst titles of 2019 (laughs) because it just tells you nothing like okay exactly all right fine so it's uh, i have not seen the movie but uh, i i remember seeing the trailer and thinking (laughs) oh it's actually pretty good um and then i got the title and went wah wah 
Uh, so uh, the we have a couple of different options. We have uh, let's see, it takes place during a hurricane. So hurricanes. Uh, let's see, we have of course alligators because it's about a monstrous alligator. That's uh, uh, you know having the having having not yeah, having not seen the movie. I, I'm suggesting that mm-hmm. maybe we should think that maybe this takes place during a natural disaster. And yeah, we should, it's true. We should, a major yeah, weather. We see, I, I think some. I think people are committing crimes in in, in ah, this natural yes. disaster. So I think we should go yes. with uh, something like um, I'm spitballing here, but committing crime mm-hmm. during natural disasters. Oh, that's a good one. Committing crime during natural disaster. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, there, we'll definitely do that one. I like that. Uh, there also is a scene where a dog is in peril. I vote for that one because... Oh, like dogs in peril? I, well, of course. Absolutely. Torturing animals, it's amazing. No, there's <laughs> lots of different genres where that could be. You know, there could be kids' movies, action movies. Like, I feel like it it opens the door to lots of different films. Whereas natural disasters, I think, are is limiting. That's my theory. Okay, well, committing crime during natural disasters? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Does that, does that yeah, open it up for I, you more? I think committing yeah, crime yeah. during natural disasters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then uh, I think uh, my then my pick, I think I would add uh, losing limbs. What do you guys that think about that? That's going to be my choice. My next choice. Glorious. Okay. Glorious. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's see. So our, our three picks Wait, we're not, uh, for I'm next week. I'm not hosting week. next week, right? So yeah, those that all sound great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Committing crimes during natural disasters, dogs in peril, and losing limbs. I, I think we. I think they should do all three. Just, just you know, they, yeah. Oh. <laughs> just, just nine movies and go well, for like it. Like a, a mammoth list. Yeah. Like everyone gets nine exactly. movies. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, nine <laughs> movies. Go all in. Of a three-hour yeah. show. Yeah, for the right. holidays. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a Sunday um, Thanksgiving. We've all eaten too much and we're sitting around, so they have. You know, we have time. That's true. Everybody just wants to yeah. sit back and listen to three hours of uh, discussing the movies. Uh, but. Maybe that will happen. Maybe people will vote multiple times because if you'd like to vote in next week's challenge, uh, you can go so over at our Discord community. Just go, just join Next Reel, go to the Show Talk channel, and you can lend your voice to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. So, but you're asking yourself, how do you get access to the Show Talk channel? Well, let me tell you. All you have to do is head over to slash membership and you become a supporter of the Next Reel family of podcasts. For just a dollar a month, you can become a one reeler, join our online community in the Discord server, and for a few dollars more, you can become a two reeler. And join us for show live shoes as we record, like this one right now. You can see our beautiful faces. Uh, you get early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed and access to super secret member channels. Ooh. Uh, now we even allow you to support with a single annual donation at either level. You can just like, boom, drop right there. Whatever. You got your holiday bonus? Send some love our way. So, uh, all right. So that's that was our show. So thank you guys for uh, hanging out with B Ocean and Mandy. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. It was a delight to have both of you on here. I hope you, uh, I hope you had fun. I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Was, was I had great. way more fun than Ocean. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yes, I, absolutely. I, can tell. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yes, and it was a great, was a great way to spend a Saturday morning. Yes. Oh yes. So, all right. So, thank you all, to everybody. Uh, to, to, well, I just really botched that one. So, sorry, future editor, but I, I'm really bad at the dismounts. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time on Saturday Matinee. Enough said. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. 
Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching, all sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well. <laughs> 